Hello, I'm Stuart Preston, and this is the Stoned Ape Report, where I have conversations with those who have changed their lives with the power of psychedelics. Quick announcement, I now have a book out titled The Grief Trip, How I Learned to Heal with Grief and Psychedelics. You can find it at www.thegrieftrip.com. 100% of proceeds go to the Ian Preston Memorial Fund to help support mental health and suicide prevention. Okay, back to the podcast. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with a friend of mine, Andre. We, unfortunately, share a similar story of loss, grief, and learning to heal with the help of psychedelics. And Andre shared some great insight here, and I really enjoyed our conversation. So let's hear from Andre. Andre, I really appreciate you uh, coming here and talking to me. You and I have met a couple times. We're here in the, the Phoenix community, and... Um, you know, you're somebody whose opinions on this stuff matter, but unfortunately, you're also somebody that has a, a similar story to mine in, in terms of, of loss and, and grieving and, and psychedelics. So uh, we'll get into that. But first of all, thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing your story. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, awesome. So I guess, uh, I guess since I mentioned it, maybe we could just get right into your, your story of healing. I mean, I guess uh, your life was going along somewhat normally if there is such a thing and then then tragedy struck is that right yeah that's right um i'll try and give a like a quick quick yeah. recap of you know my 39 years here um so i i, I was born and raised in uh, utah and i grew up mm. in a mormon community and you know pr- led a pretty normal life uh, went on my mission went to japan came back moved to arizona this is about oh three now oh four and uh, I got married, and then I, we had our first son, and turns out we have a genetic condition that is um, c- carried down both our family lines that nobody really knew about mm. uh, called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, and our son got the short end of the stick genetically and needed a liver transplant, so he, he was born very jaundiced and um, you know, it took a while for us to figure out exactly what was going on. So uh, this now we're in uh, about 08 is when he's born. Um, mm-hmm. And at this time, we're still going strong and living, you know, everything that I should have been doing in my life up to that point. Um, as a, as a, you know, s- somebody in the faith. Right. And so I, we uh, ended up spending a lot of time in the hospital and we lost him. Mm. He, he got an infection and he was uh, about two weeks from his first birthday. Oh, wow. And, and ha- having children and uh, that's just been such like a, a core part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I have a very strong nurture component that uh, I inherited from my mom and mm. it was, it was devastating. Uh, you know, yeah. I can't overstate. I mean, we, we obviously, when we met, as soon as we both kind of, uh, realize that connection there's there's just an instant understanding i think um yeah there really is it's it's when you meet somebody who's been through this kind of a loss it's uh there's a little connection there that you see instantly that other Mm -hmm. people just can't quite you know understand and there's like a little bit of freedom to say oh good this this person gets it yeah yeah Yeah. and so anyway so that happens and um I felt like I've explained it before that it felt like I was climbing this ladder my whole life, you know, rung by rung, decision by decision, stacking this, you know, structure of my life. And Mm. that happened and I fell off and I landed on my butt and it was just so jarring. Um, I really had to restart my life from there and everything looked different. Everything felt different. Um, I, I, uh, at that time really, struggled with my faith and I read a lot and pondered a lot. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, but I, um, just all is to say that it was just such a large domino effect of forcing me to view my, live my life differently. And it, it instigated a lot of change and it was very, very difficult. Um, obviously I went through, you know, a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling, um, going through just the, the feelings of what I felt like um, should have happened. You know, I, I, had, I had assurances, right, that I had led my life up to this point that, that um, things would work out, and it, they didn't. And yeah. 
and that's not just to, to blame, you know, it's, that's an easy out. There's a lot more to it, but anyway, I, um, that really tipped my life on its side. I, I soon afterwards started just really questioning everything, looking at life again. And I, uh, found myself, um, not being real content with what I had, the belief system that I had, uh, grown up with. Um, Did you feel betrayed by it at all? Uh, you know, I, I, the, the more I looked into it and just, it, it was a lot of, it was kind of a twofold path. I had on the one hand, the intense therapy I was going into and really examining the constructs that I had built around my, my image and what I value and kind of who I am. And, and, and then going down this other intellectual path of really understanding kind of what my beliefs were mm-hmm. and they just kind of collided and it, and it was very, I don't know that I, I don't know that I harbored a, a lot of anger. I, I think I did, but it was easy for me to just kind of step away from that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in, in my head, it, leaving a, a whole community is very challenging on its own. And, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that. That's been said. Uh, yeah, that's me. a challenge. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that that led to a lot of depression um, mm. on, on many fronts. Life was very difficult for me. Um, leaving the church, leaving the community, um, com- confronting you know, my family about that was very, very, very hard. And then uh, soon afterwards, the marriage was starting to crumble. Kind of everything was kind of falling apart. Um, Did your wife leave the church with you? Yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that I was fortunate that we both were on the same page. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still going through lots of therapy, um, now going into, you know, after 2010, 2011, and I, I, I'm, I reach a low and I have a, like a, a, an attempted suicide. Mm. Um, I kind of drove out into the desert and I thought this is, this is it for me. I really can't deal with this Mm. anymore. And I came out of that though. I checked myself in to, uh inpatient uh, location. And, you know, I did a lot of work and that led to a lot of medication Mm. and they put me on a lot of antidepressants and I really, really didn't like that. It really, it's a shotgun approach to the mind and it just dulls everything. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, behavioral therapy, talk therapy, right. That is supposed that works hand in hand. Uh, but I found like I had gotten a lot of benefit out of talk therapy, but the medication was, I could tell not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine introduced me to marijuana and said, you should try this. And at that time I was really willing to try anything. So I did, and it really, really helped me. Um, and you were willing to try anything, but I mean, at this point you, you had led, and I don't want to be too flippant, but this is the words that came into my head, but you had led kind of the good Mormon life and probably were not doing drugs in general. Exactly. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. I mean, when I first tried marijuana, I, re- I instantly had this moment where I, I remembered all of these concerts in my life I had gone to where I didn't quite know what that stink was. And it just oh, snapped funny. like, you know, like four primus concerts that i'd been to I'm like oh that's yeah what <laughs> funny uh anyway so that that was a a really a kind of bright point for me where i was able to walk away from very heavy medication by just occasional use of marijuana which would really help i, I kind of describe it as there's like this whirlpool of depression you can start sinking into where it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And it feels yeah. overwhelming and it feels like hopeless. Right. And so it, kind of in those periods is when it would almost act like a lifesaver and pull me right out and show me joy. Wow. And that's for me, what it was really about is reminding. And, and that's, I mean, I would say if there's a theme to my experiences and why this is, we are talking right now is because these, these different chemicals have, been able to show me joy and remind me that it's there for me to kind of manifest. And, Mm. and you know, it's, it's, 
<laughs> I used to laugh kind of at the wooey language that's used here. Um, but I think it's really true. It, it shows you a light at the end of the tunnel, which then changes your belief system such that you know that that light is attainable. It's within reach because for a second you're there and then you know you can climb out of whatever it is that you've um, sunk into. So it kind of teaches you that, that there is some joy to be had in yeah. life. Yeah. That, that was my very first experiences. And that's what, mm. that's what really made me interested up to that point. I had believed sort of the stereotypical, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And yeah. as, as with anything, the weapon to that is knowledge, right? If you understand, then it's not, yeah. it gets rid of all of that uncertainty. And so the more I, I started learning about it and experiencing, I, I needed to get rid of those negative um, belief systems that I had had that were all purely political propaganda, Mm -hmm. Right. I had zero facts about any of how any of this worked. Um, you know, the, the, so much talk about neurotoxins and poisoning. And, and yes, there are things that do that. But for the vast majority of what we're talking about, no, it's completely healthy. It's way better than many of the things that are commonly um, bought in, the, in a grocery store. Yeah. Like, like, like uh, from your old faith, they wanted you to not have caffeine, right? And caffeine can be pretty detrimental. Along coffee. With sugar Co I'll correct you. Coffee, hot, hot drinks. Coke hot is drinks. fine. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, another friend of mine told me that they said the, the grand um, group, the board of directors said Coke is fine. Coffee exactly. is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Right. I didn't want to derail you there, but yeah, it's uh I like your, your notion that once you truly understand and you gain that knowledge, you start to find out what the truth is around right. some of these things. Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of that hesitation or fear starts to dissipate when you really biologically understand what's happening. Hmm. And so did you dig in? I mean, frankly, there's some things that I don't understand biologically. How many, how many times have I heard, you know, 5H2NA or whatever the receptors are and right, yeah. neurotransmitters and smart guys like you and, and other people will talk about this stuff and I'll be out nod my head like, yeah, that's what's happening in my brain. And then <laughs> ten, 10 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what those guys were, were talking about. So it, you, I mean, you when really, you say smart guys like me, like I'll read a book and I'll be able to spit out a line somebody else wrote. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm you're, you're being, you're being humble, but I know that <laughs> you, you dig further into it. So I, it's good because now knowledge is, is power, you know, as people say, but it's mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff can be biologically, chemically, physically so complicated that, you know, a lot of people like me have a hard time tracking exactly what's happening. And then we're kind of like, well, you know, I know, I know the benefits I'm getting from it. That's good enough for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the, the, the marijuana, the cannabis, you know, helped you discover that there is, that you are allowed to have joy, that there is some joy to be had mm -hmm. in this, this uh, sea of grief, which for me was a great big lesson also to know that there's still happiness to be yeah. had and enjoyed and found, you know, is, is a great big lesson for somebody who's in, in really, really deep grief. Oh, that is what, such a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, so what came, what came next? You know, is there more on about yeah. that part or what, you know, yes. what came next for you? So for me, after that, I, as I learned more about cannabis and then I, I was exposed to the world of other, you know, for instance, mushrooms, other substances. Right. So I wanted to learn as much as I could. Um, and I wanted to pace myself. So I, I knew that I was interested in, in psychedelics. I knew that I had had, very beneficial experiences. Um, and, and from, for me, a lot of this also comes from a place of therapy first. Yes. Yes. There's recreational aspects to all of this, but, uh, my first, the first time I'm dipping my toes in any of this is purely therapeutic. What can I get out of this? How can I help this make me be a better person mm -hmm. and, or a better version of myself, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to explore psilocybin next, but I wanted to be comfortable with cannabis. It took me a while to really figure out what was what, um, you know, what 
thresholds are effective and how not to be sick and how to really, you know, I guess you could almost um, make an analogy of like somebody typically going to college and learning how to drink and making mistakes and too much. And, you know, yeah. And then you come out a 30 year old that has a few, a glass of wine on a weekend. Yeah. There you go. Um, So I wanted to feel that level of comfort with cannabis before I really started moving up. So I waited a little while. I did more research so that I would have one thing that I've learned as I've been exploring all of this is that your own mind, the, the, the weeds in your own mind can really become toxic. And so if there's anything that any doubts that I have or any fears, I've learned that I need to, I need to get to the bottom of that. I can't, I can't go into an experience with those questions open. Like, is this really safe? Or um, did I, is this the right amount? If I have those kinds of doubts, then it, it, that acts as a trampoline effect in the experience. In, in a negative way. In a negative way. Yeah. It can, you can really kind of spin into a place of fear when you don't know the answers. And then you have this mm. ego chattering in your ear, like, no, you shouldn't, like, I'm losing control right now. This was a bad mistake. You're going to, all of the negative things kind of in my experience will get thrown at me and it's, it can be unsettling. I have to kind of talk myself down from that, but Mm -hmm. I've learned to go into the experiences with as much knowledge as I can so that I know what to expect. And I can, I can start to bring an intention into that experience. And, and then I find that I, they're, they're really, I, I don't have many bad experiences and a bad experience is a hard lesson for me. So anyway, so you count a hard lesson as a, as a bad experience. Uh, no, I would say the other way around. What, what I would quote as having a, a difficult psychedelic experience mm-hmm. um, typically will be a, yeah, a, something that's hard for me to let go or hard for yeah. me to come to okay. terms with. Um, letting go is usually what it is all about for me. Oh yeah. That makes sense. But anyway, moving into mushrooms, I, I decided, yeah, I'm ready for this. I think this is around 20, 15, 2016. And I should say I came out of the the church very much atheist, very much, okay, if this isn't true, nothing's true. Um, yeah. So you, you went full, nothing exists. Full pendulum swing. Yeah. I'm on my own. I'm going to yeah. believe in my rational mind. And I really embraced nihilism. You know, that was like a, an endearing thing amongst my yeah. friends. It was, you know, kind of a dark place. Right, right. Um, so I, a close friend of mine, um, invited me to, uh, have a mushroom experience, um, with him. He would host me and take care of me. And, nice. and he's a, you know, very close friend of mine. So I said, of course. So I went to uh, work normal day, came back and went straight to his place. And just in my work clothes, I sat in his hammock in the backyard and, um, with a uh, full three and a half grams had one of the most impactful experiences I've had. And that was your first time. That was your. That first was my first time. time. Yeah, my first time. Yep. So, I I, I had some very. I'll, I'll take you through a few of the yeah. really impactful moments that I had. I, I remember it as I had just taken it, and I was kind of waiting for the onset. I was laying in his hammock, and I just remember the sky being so. The colors were just so much vibrant, right? I'm looking mm-hmm. at power lines, a pine tree, and a kind of a sunset with no clouds. Right? It's kind of. Yeah. Un, un, unspectacular. But in the moment, it was one of the most beautiful things that I'd seen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it, again, going back to just the, the joy that you're able to experience. So I, as I was laying there, I had, um, I, I really didn't know what was going to be coming up. I obviously done my research and um, had prepared myself as best I could. Um, and what started coming up was I felt much more aware of my body. And I was aware of this lump in my throat. And I was aware that that lump was anger and pain mm. um, around just the events of the last several years of my life. Yeah. Um, and I realized that that was baggage that I was carrying. And I had this image of myself with two big suitcases, just walking around carrying this pain mm. and anger in my throat. And I realized I can just let this go. This, this isn't real. It doesn't exist. It's me holding on to something that is nothing. And I'm just, it, it was like my own prison. And I just realized in that moment, I don't have to carry this. 
And then instantly that lump was gone and wow. it felt like I could breathe. And I, I had been so choked for so long. I didn't realize that I could not have that, that I can live my life this way. And this is way better than this choked down painful existence that I had had that I wasn't, that I had blinders on. I really didn't even wasn't aware of. And I, I now see that this is like a, a layer of depression onion I peeled off. Yeah. Um, and that, that realization to me was one of the first times that I realized that part of the, I think the most powerful part of these experiences are the opportunities we have to recreate our reality. So mm. it showed me, uh, I was in this old way of being, and it showed me a new way of being. And then I could reconstruct my reality to go forward in life with that new way of being. Yeah, without those bags. Without those bags, exactly. Um, I had another vision where I, I, I like the term vision. I, I love the term vision for my yeah. background. I, I imagined myself on my deathbed mm. and I had, it wasn't a scary thought. It was a, a peaceful thought. I had yeah. my family around me. And I knew that, you know, I was approaching the end of my life. And I remember the image of dandelions and each dandelion being a, a joyful memory or experience that I had had. Mm. And I remember my envisioning my life as having a big armful of all these dandelions, thousands of them. And being content at the end of my life that I had all of these beautiful, wonderful experiences. And that was the thing that I could bring with me if there's anywhere I'm going, right? That was yeah. the most important, most valuable thing. It wasn't the stuff. It wasn't anything other than the, the time that I had with the people that I love. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, that one, that one really hit me hard. And it, it was like a bell that was just a gong was hit that kind of then reverberated through, you know, backwards and forwards in time from that moment of what are, what are you doing? What is important to you? And that helped me to find a little bit more of, of, uh, I mentioned nihilism, right? A little bit more reason to be happy and find meaning in life Yeah, where I just came out of such an extreme experience that left me feeling like life is meaningless and mm. existence is pain, which I still kind of believe in a different way though. Suffering. <laughs> Suffering. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, I, uh, and, and that one hit me so hard. I, I went online and I found this picture that somebody drew of a dandelion and I put it up on my wall. And I, I had this, <laughs> this like a goal of, I want to find a, a picture each time I have a meaningful experience. And you know, that lasted like two or three times. And then I yeah. gave up on that, but it's a fun I, thought. I, I was going to ask you if you have dandelion art all over your place. Now. <laughs> I do. I've got a special one that brings me back to that time. Yeah. Nice. Uh, after that, I remember... Uh, he, he brought out like some speakers and put some music on. And I, you know, I had heard music. It felt like I was hearing it for the first time. And yeah. this it's my favorite playlist, but I've never, it sounds so good. And I'm hearing things I'd never heard. It was just a, a whole new experience. Um, and then I couldn't stop talking. I normally I'm very introverted and have a hard time sharing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I talked as you're off until midnight. Wow. It was, it was like, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. That sounds very transformational. Um, so um, do you, before I, I go forward with the questions, do you have any other experiences that were important to your, your, uh, your therapeutic experience with all this that you wanted to share? Um, well, I guess there's, there's probably a million, but yeah, yeah. There's one that specific out. ones that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, there's one that stands out to me. Um, I a few years later um, decided it would be okay for me to try DMT. Mm. So same 
same shaman buddy of mine um, introduced me. And that moment swung me from that atheist to a spiritualist. So even through the, the mushroom experience, you still brought with you that, that sense of, of atheism of nothing. And then, then this DMT experience altered that. Yeah. And I would almost say that, that the mushroom experience kind of left me a little conflicted because I, hmm. I had just believed that there was nothing. And then part of, I, I didn't really even talk about it, but part of that experience is, is a, a transcendence or a feeling of one. And that that's, I think it's beautiful that it, that is such a common feeling that people go through yeah. that, you know, you're almost ascending into Nirvana and that we're all the same thing. And it's all love, all of the yeah. stereotypical trip reports. Right. But that left me a little unsettled, honestly, like, well, what, well, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, is, is this a metaphysical re- thing now? And I really wasn't sure, but I, I kind of had an open mind, but I knew that I really didn't believe in the old belief system that I had. So I was really struggling framing a new one. Um, I still am a bit, it's just little bits and pieces. But after that experience, um, I remember when I had that, I was instantly in a different place. I mean, it's, you know, seconds mm-hmm. and, I remember just the intense geometry and uh, color and depth, almost like there was more dimensions that were laid open before me Hmm. on top of this one. And I recall going through everything in my, in the room going through, if you could imagine filters on Instagram, just somebody swiping my reality with plastic, concrete, purple, wireframe, neon, Mm. everything, right? As I'm kind of, people call this the tunnel, as I'm going up and bursting through into this other dimension, I should say, I don't know. Yeah. So I find myself in this other place and I'm, I imagine my eyes are wide open, but I'm not seeing what's in front of me. Um, I'm in a different place and I feel this entity and this entity notices my presence and this is all i don't know telepathic yeah and i i remember this thinking this is so beautiful i'm just awestruck like my jaws open wide and i'm probably staring forward into nothing but i'm seeing this incredible geo iridescent landscape and i remember thinking i want i wish i could just take a picture of this and I would paint it. I would figure something out so that I can bring this back and have it mm. as a memory and share this beauty. And I remember trying to look after I had that thought, looking at some of the things that were just amazing. And my perception would blur where I was focusing. Mm. And I realized that I, I felt like I was being blocked. Like this entity did not want me to take anything away. Interesting. And I engaged in this dialogue with this, what felt to me almost like a God of Mm -hmm. uh, me pleading my case. Please let me remember some of this. I want to take this back. I want to make something out of this. And, and this being saying no. And it was almost, there wasn't a good reason that I knew of. It was almost just like, I I don't want you to, or, and so I, but, but I kind of countered and really persisted. And I could tell that this, this thing was, was amused by that. And we, we continued this kind of, um, I, uh, like not arguing, but me really convincing my case, trying to persuade Mm -hmm. this thing to let me remember something and not blur my vision. Cause I can see on or all around my peripheral it's crystal clear, but right where I want to look to take a snapshot is I can't. And so um, this kind of banter goes back and forth and time starts slipping and the effects start to wear off pretty quick, you know, in 10 minutes or so. And so I I remember feeling like I was sliding down that this, this place that I was at just turned into a really steep slope and I was slipping. And this being was again, amused by this, but reached out to me and offered some, some things to me and said, next time, um, light a candle so you don't feel so, uh, so you have a point, an anchor to look at if, so you don't feel confused or dazed mm-hmm. or you know, not. Where you're at. And, and, you know, like three or four other p- 
advice for next time I do this. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was really weird. <laughs> uh, very specific things. I wrote all this down afterwards and they all were turned out to be true and helpful. And uh, towards the end, this thing said, here's, here's some visuals, like offering them to me, like tossing like Zeus from the mountain, throwing me these gifts, these hallucinatory gifts down below as I'm slipping um, here, enjoy these. You'll have a good time and, and uh, come back next time. We'll, hmm. we'll talk again. Right? Yeah. I'm coming down and then I'm, I'm coming back into reality and I have just these beautiful kind of three-dimensional, the most lucid CGI you could imagine of just kind of mist and flowing around me. Um, I was really awestruck by it. And as you come back in, it's almost like you're, um, I don't know, I would, I would liken it to like what people describe astral projection as you come back into your body and are just suddenly aware that, oh, I've got a body and I can feel my face and I can feel my, yeah my legs and I I can move around and, um, and then it's, you know, maybe 10 minutes after that of just really this beautiful body feeling and just over feels like a warm blanket. Hmm. And, uh, that, that was so profound for me. It felt so real, um, more real than real. And, that, that cracked open my mind to there's a lot going on in this universe that you're just not even scratching the surface of. So have an open mind. Yeah. And so that open mind at that point, uh, maybe no longer an atheist, not that I care. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not oh, a religious absolutely. person myself, but at that moment, you're kind of like, okay, the atheism thing, that's not, that's not making sense either now. Right. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these, these are amazing experiences. And first of all, thanks for sharing those. Um, how you said you went into this with a, a therapeutic mindset mm-hmm. with the psychedelics. Yeah. How, how have these experiences and others helped you um, in a therapeutic way, specifically maybe in terms of your, your grieving process in terms of the resulting depression that you experienced, you know, any of that, how, how do you feel like these experiences, like you've come out the other end of these uh, in, in a different or even possibly transformed way? Yeah, thank, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things that really touched me when I was going through um, like CBT, like talk therapy, was the concept of the inner child. Hmm. Uh, are, are you familiar with that? Uh, I am not intimately familiar with it, but I have read about it. Okay, so it's essentially you go through several exercises where you'll, um, for instance, write letters to yourself. Yes. Or um, you create this this tool in your mind that you have a separate self inside of you. That's the child that represents everything good about you, basically. Mm -hmm. The innocence, the love, the joy, all of the things that you feel like you would have had as a child that maybe get dulled as an adult. You give that person the ability to experience emotion that's difficult for you as an adult interesting for whatever reason. And so you can then create this, this, this tool to be able to comfort yourself and forgive yourself. And Mm. I've got a daughter. And when I think of my daughter, there's nothing like I love her unconditionally. Yeah. I've realized that that's something that I need to do for myself, that I, Mm -hmm. I am my dad's son, my mom's son, right? Like I am this person to other Mm. people. That, and I, I almost feel like this is so unique to me, but everybody has this. Yeah. Or can have this, right? If not with immediate family, with yourself. And I think, as you know, grief comes in waves. Uh, I remember, I remember having to return to work after losing my son, and. It was so hard. I would be just, I would get hit by a huge wave and have to go cry in a room and then come back out hoping that, you know, everybody knows what's going on and it's, I'm trying my best to get through it. It's very, very difficult. And Mm -hmm. those, and then you feel, you try and use all the tools that you've got and, and try and get yourself in a good mindset. And, and then, you know, a few weeks later you get smacked again by a 
just driving, something is going to come up. And, and over time, you know, those kinds of things, they start to wane. Um, and I think over more time, what started happening is I would, I, I didn't avoid those. I, I almost looked forward to those waves because oh. it reminded me it, of that there is, there is a connection that it was all real that you know i've been really transforming that or or trying to change that those feelings of hurt anguish and pain into love yeah just love just love that's all uh, that i need and have room for um the past is the past and so i i don't want to torture myself and i and that is what i feel so profoundly um, with the help of a, a number of these things that we've been talking about. Yeah, that's a powerful, powerful lesson. Hurt, anguish, and pain transformed into love. That, that's interesting. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I guess just to tie the knot on that question is, yes, I, f- I feel those feelings and it, it recharges me. It reminds me that in my day-to-day, I don't feel that I, I may not, I may be stuck in work or um, there's just all the things that in life that really drag us down. And, I, and yeah. it's very helpful to me to be able to, I, I guess, it, put it in a different context, like going to church is what people profess to really be that recharging, cleansing, invigorating. And, and the more, the more I, I lean into this spirituality i i absolutely see the value of of prayer of making your intentions manifest out loud and in, in creating a way that may not be obvious to you but you know letting doing everything you can to, to a, accomplish a goal or achieve a mindset and then you're you can actually achieve that um so i i feel like there is a lot of truth i've i've come full circle in a lot of ways for some of what uh, my my beliefs were yeah it's kind of ironic the the revelations you get yeah from the insight from these these experiences that are mystical near near religious and you start to understand prayer connection to meditation and and visions and mm-hmm. understand you know man like you said manifesting and, and these different things they all they all seem to be well you know some of the the eastern teachers and western leaders who became Eastern style teachers say that, you know, it's all the same, whether you're, you're following Jesus or Buddha that, you know, the way is the way is the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I found a lot of, I found a lot of peace and joy and satisfaction in connecting those dots. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So if somebody out there is listening, you know, working with their own grief and they're curious about, Psych, using psychedelics, you know, in a therapeutic way, like you've described here. Um, what, what, if any, advice might you have to give them if they came to you and said, "Hey, Andre, you know, I, I lost somebody close to me, and I've tried talk therapy with good results. You know, I've tried, you know, pharmaceuticals with whatever kind of results, but I'm, I'm interested in, in working with psychedelics with my grief. Do you have any?" advice and i guess i should throw out my legal caveat here um we're not recommending anybody out there does drugs if drugs are illegal where you are please don't do them and psychedelics are certainly not for everybody and don't think that uh if you're experiencing deep grief that you can go eat a bag of mushrooms and feel all better and feel you know joy and happy there's a lot involved in all this that's much bigger than any of this but in that context so back to the question in that context Andre, what, you know, somebody kind of came to you and, and were, were suffering from grief, considering working with psychedelics, would you have some advice for them? Yeah. Thank you for the disclaimer too. I would, I would spend the next 15 minutes talking through all the other tools and things that are available. Yeah. And if, if you haven't exhausted those tools or at least tried them, then I would definitely recommend there, there's, you know, there's tools to use tool, bigger tools. Yes. And so if you can really learn how to talk through feelings, emotions, and recognize what is going on now, you're going to be much better prepared to accept and understand what may happen through a normal mushroom experience, for instance. So Good point. 
yeah. Also getting that out of the way though. Um, I feel like I really, uh, you know, in, in preparation for this talk, I was just thinking through, you know, what do I, what has worked for me? Um, and I, I remember I go through phases of, of motivation around journaling and, and uh, self-introspection. Yeah. And I, I pulled out a journal where I had made a lot of notes about this and it really started coming back to me. And I, I really feel like just the, the act of writing and really trying to at least making an attempt at understanding what, what it is you're trying to um, get to the bottom of or what it is you'd like, whatever that is, is just setting up an intention, which there's you know several controllables that you absolutely need to be aware of and prepare for. And I think that's, that's one of the most important ones is having the knowledge um, so that you're, you don't have these weeds of doubt in your mind as you're entering the experience as much as possible. You know, there's unknowns. Yeah. You can know, you can, you can't know all the unknowns, but you can do enough work to pretty much not have that be a, a bad impact. Yeah. And then, and then writing through and just spending some time with yourself on really what's, what's going on. What, what are the even feelings that I'm, that I'm having right now? What are they about? Um, I think just maybe even trying to meditate and trying to listen to your mind a little bit and set yourself up for any being open to anything. Yeah. And are you talking about uh, this is all preparation before even going into an experience? Yeah. 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 Before going into experience, I would absolutely recommend um, having somebody with you um, because especially if you've never done it before um it's a comfort knowing that <clears throat> there's somebody that can be nearby if if you feel like you you don't know what's going to happen yeah and so it's not because of something is going to happen it's so that you can put aside that fear of well i'm i'm taken care of like some i have an anchor to reality here so i can not worry about that and just focus on myself yeah yeah i think that's a that's a vital that's a vital point is to have somebody around that is like you said, that anchor into reality. Cause those weeds, would you call them weeds of doubt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those, those sure can take over unless yes. you have that, that connection into reality where you feel like, okay, there's, you know, no matter what I'm going to, I've got somebody here to take care of me. Yeah. 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 And they can, they can help talk. They can even just help listen to <clears throat> whatever it is that you need to process and just the act of speaking it out loud is often enough is the journey. Mm. And so when you have somebody there that can, that can help, you know, kind of hear that and offer kind of feedback and guidance. And I, yeah, I, though I've never been in a situation like this, talk you out of irrational or, or things that maybe aren't real, you know, there, there isn't, yes. a, you know, this horrible entity, scary thing around the corner, you're safe. Everything's okay. That's yeah. also very helpful. Yeah, I agree. So what, what do you think is the key to having a good healing psychedelic experience? I mean, I think you've really laid out a bunch there, you know, preparing meditation, having intention. Um, are there any technical details that you think somebody should prepare themselves for or with before getting into this? Yeah, I would say another good lifeline um, when you're in the the ocean of the experience being tossed around is I think like having comforting music, mm. nothing too intense, something that's familiar, something that's peaceful, something that, you know, something maybe low key that can also really help paint the experience that I think adds so much color when you've got that additional um, sensory uh, yeah. component of the experience. Interesting. Do you, do you have a recommendation or an opinion on music with versus without lyrics? I, I definitely prefer without lyrics are distracting for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Um, and, and what about, what's your view on integration then? So you've talked about preparing med meditation, intention, those kind of things work, you know, getting rid of your weeds of doubt. And then during the experience, experiencing it, maybe having somebody to talk to, having some good music. And, and then when the whole thing's over, um, 
do you integrate? Do you do you think integration is something that is beneficial, not beneficial? What, do you have any opinions on on integration? Yeah, absolutely. I was about to get to that. I'm glad you brought it up. I think that is really where you turn it into um, something that is valuable from from a, an experience that you went through to something that will change you. Mm. Um, Great way to put that. I I try and write down as much as I can or come out of it and just be quiet and try and get on paper what I felt and what, you know, thoughts that may have come up and, and maybe goals and things that I want in my life, because often those will become a lot more clear hmm. as I go through that experience or towards the end, I'll have a much clearer sense of who of the new version of myself that I want to build. And so I find it valuable to start writing that down and just that's kind of my fertile ground that I can then continue pulling inspiration from and it, and molding into what I want and manifesting what I want. That is such a buzzword manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I don't, I can't think of a better way of, of describing receiving knowledge yeah and then actually changing the core parts of your life into uh to reflect that to your everyday existence yeah no i'm with you i'm with you on that i'm i am resistant to every buzzword out there from shadow to manifesting to any of it but in the end it's always because sometimes people push it too hard and it ends up being part of people's marketing plans, mm-hmm. but there, there's so much truth to, to all of them. Um, I, I, do we, I don't know where we're on time. Do you, do we have like a time for like a five minute? Yeah. Okay. I, I just remembered as I was describing kind of restructuring your core belief system, I was reminded of a very, very challenging experience that I had um, a few years ago. I, I had, I won't go, it's a kind of a long story. I won't get, and it's kind of intense, so I won't get into too much of it in the details, but I had an experience where I believed that I was dying. Mm. Um, There was no pocket of my mind that believed that I was in the reality we are in now. Mm -hmm. I fully believed that I was, was or had died. And I, it's hard to overstress how real that was. And I know this can be scary to hear for people that maybe not have not had these kinds of experiences. However, that very strong experience. um, I came out of that. It was almost a death and a rebirth. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much joy. Mm -hmm having the opportunity to be alive and to be a part, such a, a, an integral part of my daughter's life. Mm. You know, it really helped. I don't know. It, it gave me a new core foundation of why I am who I am. Yeah. Not why, why I am here, why I choose to be here. Um, and I, I can't, describe how much of a firmware update that was for me. Wow. And, and I, it sounds like that had some form of uh, DMT involved, if I had to guess. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Amazing. And so did you have more on that? Um, I mean, I came out of that very shaken, but it it changed again there, there's very much a line in the sand for my life for mm. the, the Andre version 39.8 that mm. uh, was a major, major upgrade from before that, where I would say I, I had an indifference to my existence. I, I'm not, I, I'm neutral about it, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not on the negative end. I'm not thinking about um, death. I'm not, I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not suicidal. I'm not thinking about anything like that, but I'm also on the other hand, not overly ecstatic to be here. I don't have a, 
you know, if, if I'm on an airplane and it goes down, it's fine. Right. That's life. Um, I think that is a side effect of losing a child in my own opinion. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a really good observation. You know, I hadn't considered it in that light. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's like, it takes away the fear like, well, what, what else can happen? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do to me? That's, I used to be afraid of scorpions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here in Arizona. And now, now I see a scorpion like, hey, what are you going to do to me? You're going to sting me. It's going to hurt. Yeah, you're going to sting me. Bring it. <laughs> right. That's such a good point. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what else after that, but yeah. yeah so 30, 30, 39.8, Andre, what, how, how are you doing today? I mean, you, you say you're, you're neutral, you know, not, ne- not, not suicidal, not. Yeah. I didn't finish, but that's that part of me died. And the new birth, the new me was I'm, ex- I am lucky to be here. Mm. I, I am so lucky to be able to be interacting in my life right here with the people that I love that are in my life. I'm so That's fortunate. Awesome. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I love it. I love it. So I think, uh, I think that's probably a good point to stop here, but is there anything else you had on your mind that you want to get out there before we wrap up? Um, well, I, you know, I thank you for the opportunity to chat with you. Um, yeah, of course. I, I like talking about my story. I, you know, I find that it just, it's very hard for me to talk about things. It's very hard for me to share, but on this topic, since it, it is so personal to me and it's affected me so strongly, I, I, it doesn't, I'm not talking about drugs. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about partying. Um, this is my, this, this is, this has helped me shaped my existence and become, be a much better person. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to the people in my life that have helped me along the way. And I, I, you know, I would hope that our conversations here, if there's anybody out there that any of this helps, we just can collectively help build our body of knowledge and support, I think locally um, and across the world, just to really help us look inward and find that we can become much better or that we are much better than, yeah. than we think we are. Yeah. That, that's beautiful, man. I, I really appreciate that. And I honor the fact that you came here and, and shared your story and opened up your heart. And I know that the, m- the more we all talk about this, the more it's going to help. So Andre, thank you so much for coming here and doing this. Thank you, friend. Great to talk. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stone Apes.